This week I share a closely held secret. Many souls have been lost in the quest. It is time that the sacred knowledge be finally revealed. This week I will tell you where you can meet available women. Hey guys, Ashley here. Are you having trouble meeting the right girl? Are you struggling due to lack of confidence, not knowing what to say, or not having a plan? Are you tired of being told to act confident around women without being told how? If so, I'd like to introduce you to the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting book from David Sharp. If you are afraid to approach women in public, this book is for you. If you aren't having success meeting women on dating websites or apps, this book is for you. If you're having trouble connecting with women on dates, this book is for you. The Gentleman's Guide to Flirting has loads of modern, field-tested, and ready-to-use examples to help you confidently approach women and meet great women either in person or online. It also has practical, real-world advice to help you truly get the most out of the dating process. And it has thoughtful, practical advice for cultivating and sustaining your relationships for the long term. It's got it all, and you're going to love it. The book's website is gentlemansguidetoflirting.com. That's gentlemansguidetoflirting.com. You can go to gentlemansguidetoflirting.com and click the Buy Now button, or just search for Gentleman's Guide to Flirting by David Sharp on Amazon.com or anywhere else you buy your favorite books or eBooks, and start changing your life now. Hello there. Welcome to episode 79 of the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting podcast. I am David, the author of the book of the same name, Gentleman's Guide to Flirting, available on Amazon.com and everywhere else you find your favorite books or ebooks worldwide. Okay, so you are ready for a girlfriend or maybe more. You're feeling good about yourself. You're feeling good about your trajectory in life and how things are going for you. Great. Now you want to have a mate or partner or girlfriend or wife. Also great. You came to the right place. So where do you go to meet women? Having the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting book is great. Listening to these podcasts is great. But there was one key thing missing. One vital ingredient missing. Where do you go to meet women? You are ready to go. You are ready to proceed. So where are they? Now, some guys think this is a simple question. Those are the girls at the bars in town, right? The ones at the social gathering spots, at the dance club, right? Or the ones on the dating sites online, on Tinder, or Bumble, on my phone. Okay, for guys having trouble meeting women, maybe this isn't so simple of a question that wraps up so easily. So let's just kind of slow it down and take a really detailed look at this whole question. And I'll do this in largely two broad areas, in person and online, and I'll touch on matchmaking at the end. First, let's talk about in person, meeting women in person. Again, many guys think the only place or the most productive place maybe to meet women is bars or other social gathering spots or parties or something like that. They're thinking like there's lots of people around, people in groups, there's alcohol flowing and the, the single women just show up in droves and that's, that's the only place that they're at, nowhere else. Now, 
that is a serious misconception that I want to dispense with right away. I want to get rid of that. Rid that out of your head. I disagree that your options are limited in that way to just those places. To be clear, your flirting zone, your allowable space, your allowable places to meet women is, and are you ready for this? The entire earth, the whole earth. And if Elon Musk gets his way, maybe Mars in a few years. To be clear, I don't mean every woman everywhere. I mean everywhere, but not necessarily every woman that you will see. From the 10 rules from the book, you don't mess with women, for example, who are already attached. For example, if they're married or in a relationship. Now, if you don't see a ring or a guy around, you can very politely and respectfully say hi, gauge your interests, just be friendly, and slowly work towards seeing what her situation is. Is she, is she available or not? You can, if the chemistry's there. But my point is that doesn't have to be at a bar or a party. That's my first important point I want to make. That can happen. That interaction can happen anywhere as long as you are respectful and well-intentioned and gentlemanly and observant, looking at her body language and listening to what she's saying, and most importantly, obeying all 10 of the 10 rules from the book. With that said, there might be a few places or situations I might ease off, some exceptions, okay? Now bear with me. It's like, Funerals or other somber occasions, crime scenes, disasters, accidents. You know, you don't want to, like, run into her with your car, then come out and, like, start, you know, flirting with her. That's, that's not cool. If you see she is visually upset or angry for any reason, you know, you got to respect that. Please also consider how she will feel about, about being approached from a personal safety perspective, no matter where you're at. For example, think about her being alone in a like a dark parking lot and the only people there are is her and you or a dark street or a dark alley she might be fearing for her safety in those cases and you think about it yourself i mean everybody's different but do you like it when somebody just comes up to you like you're alone in a parking lot or a gas station or something like that and someone just walks up to you and starts talking now, the situation might be different when the sun is out during daytime hours. It might be different. She can see you. She can read your body language. There might be other people milling about to make her feel less threatened by a stranger coming up to her and saying hi, even as, as nicely as you're going to do it with that nice smile. So where specifically can you meet? And the answer is nearly anywhere you go in the course of your normal day. I strongly recommend you avoid your work or your business for for reasons that I detail in the book. But in a nutshell, basically leave coworkers, bosses, employees, staff, customers, business partners, anybody like that alone. Consider them off limits. Now I know you spend a lot of time there. I'm a, I live in the same real world that you do. And you spend probably most of your hours at work or at your business, just like everyone else. But you need to leave those people alone. And the reason why I say that is you don't want to mess with how you make your money. You don't want to go and poison those waters. If something goes wrong at work or in your business, you might mess up how you earn your living or get charged with harassment or sued or just damage relationships. Oh, any of those bad outcomes. The rest of the world is simply too large to risk that. 
It isn't necessary at all, so shift your focus. Now, how about transportation to and from work or your business? Sure, that's fine. What about the grocery store, a retail setting, a gas station, the gym while you're out for a walk? How about church or whatever religious gathering place you might attend? Basically, the answer is anywhere, dude. A lot of women you might like may never set foot in a bar or a dance club. So why limit your in-person approaches to just those settings? Especially if you're kind of like a shy, introverted person and you're not a someone who drinks alcohol at all or a lot, or you may not be a dance person or you may not be comfortable in a, in a crowded, noisy bar situation. Now, many ladies, even when they're uninterested, will understand you making the effort and might appreciate the compliment of you coming over and saying hi. She knows what you're doing. As long as you do so very respectfully and politely, she should be fine with it. So, you know, again, if her answer is no, you smile and you graciously accept the no and very nicely and politely exit the interaction. Take no, take no for an answer. Don't harass anyone ever. Now we're talking about where you meet women, you know, in this podcast, but I'll give you a little, little taste of how, just as a reminder, if her answer is no, take no for an answer. That's one of the 10 rules in the book. And even if you're asking politely and nicely, don't keep asking like every day, day, don't keep coming back and asking over and over again. That could be considered harassment as well. Uh, no matter how nicely you think you're doing it, she may perceive it as, you know, why don't you, I said, no, why don't you like, you know, take it as no. There's one major downside to in-person approaches, and that's this, especially in the West. The problem is, aside from checking for an engagement or a wedding ring, in most Western countries, I think it's, uh, you know, on the left hand, the kind of like ring finger, the one next to the little finger, uh, is the one where the lady will have like an engagement or wedding ring. In some other countries, I think it's on the right hand on the same finger, perhaps. You'll, you'll know where, where you live, what the what the uh, kind of visual cue is for a lady that's already kind of spoken for formally in terms of a formal engagement or she's already married. So that, that one piece is helpful, but if she's just in a relationship or just got a boyfriend or something, you're not going to know unless you try. I don't think you should really be in the habit of letting opportunities pass you by. You can always try very nicely and very politely just to say hi to somebody, just to be friendly up front. You don't, you don't come in really heavy and aggressive and make her feel uncomfortable, right? Now, if you don't have the wedding ring to go by, in some parts of Asia, if you happen to be one, a listener in one of those countries, ladies there might have some visual cue on, like could be like a, like a, a, a some article of clothing or like a, Something in her hair in a certain spot may mean that she's available. At least, and they may do that, may perhaps only some parts of the year, but on in Western countries, um, I don't think you have that at all. But in Asia where they do that, that's how they indicate they're willing to consider, willing to consider taking on a boyfriend or husband. It's not a guarantee. This isn't a caveman days where you just go get to go and like grab her and take her. And you, you still got to, you know, respectfully and nicely approach her, but be bold, right? Bold yet respectful is one of our catchphrases. So what do you have available where all of the women are supposedly available? And that's online dating websites and dating apps. You would think that if a lady's got a profile created and active on a dating website or dating app, like on your phone, then she's saying she's available. So that sounds like a really good thing, right? Now, 
frankly, online dating sites and apps sound like they should be better than that. They should be perfect. But a lot of people, both men and women, complain about them all over the place. There's all manner of bad behavior in full display all over those sites by both the women and the men. Now, you aren't one of those people. You'll use the online world effectively and not conduct yourself in a way that women hate or dislike. You are a serious guy with honorable intentions. Don't lose sight of that. You're a serious guy and your intentions are noble. You are what those women are looking for. You are what they were envisioning or hoping for when they signed up on that online application to begin with. They are just walking around not knowing it. So another thing I need to tell you about, even if you follow everything I put in the book to the to a T, your response rate online won't be 100%. Your response rate online won't be 100% with my book or with anyone else else's approach. If someone is telling you that you will get anywhere near 100% if you spend X amount of money to go with their process or say their magic words online, they are lying to you lying. The first reason why your response rate won't be close to 100% is because not every profile that you will see is still active, especially on the free applications or websites. If someone's paying like a monthly fee or annual fee or something, they're more likely to go and remove that profile when they're no longer in the market for a partner. So not every profile you see that is active will reply to you either. Just because they're there, maybe they're just given up. They still got an active profile, but they're taking some time off or they're just not feeling what you said. They don't like something about your profile or you're just not a, not a match for them. And that's fine. You just go and move on to the next one, right? If you use the methods in part three of the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting book, you will will for sure improve your odds of getting replies and working toward first dates. If she passes your screening and you pass her screening and the chemistry feels right. Now, for, for people who are like major detractors for online dating, I say kind of in a nutshell, I comprehensively, comprehensively disagree with people who advise folks not to use online dating. Like I said before, I just rattle off a few ways. There's, there's plenty of ways to do online wrong and to waste your time and to waste her time and get your feelings hurt or hurt somebody else. But there are ways to do it right and be efficient about sorting through a lot of candidate ladies to find someone really great if you use the approach in the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting book. Remember, online, in theory, the promise of it is that you can look at a lot of candidate ladies that meet your like basic criteria around the age range, does she have children or not, what is her current status, yeah, something about her appearance too, right? Religious preferences, whatever the major the points are that you're looking for in someone else, you should be able to screen through hundreds if not thousands of women, depending on the area that you're looking at. Like, for example, you live in a major city. The, the online, the appeal of on, an online solution is pretty compelling to me. The problem is standing out online. You know, if, you, if your profile is weak and your approach is weak and your confidence isn't there, you may get zero results. And it's maybe why you're listening to me right now talking about this. The Gentleman's Guide to Flirting book part three is all about online. And if you follow, just if you're not even really using your head and adding your goodness into what I suggest on that in part three, you just go and use different openers with ladies. This 
you, you'll see that you, you'll get responses back. If you're accustomed to getting absolutely freaking nothing, you'll see the, the power of the uh, kind of humorous, unique examples that I put in part three as openers. Instead of saying hello or hey or you're pretty or something like that, these openers are really great. And you will get her attention. You'll stand out in her inbox. The inboxes of women on online sites are pretty full, especially the... Sorry to say, but the younger and the prettier ones, their their inboxes just are, are their inboxes are just inundated with all kinds of guys with like weak openers. So if your profile looks good and it's honest and it represents you right, and you get yourself together per the advice in the book, and your opener strong, you you're gonna see you're gonna move off of that zero response rate to something much better, and you'll you'll start having those dates that you've been looking forward to. All right, so I want to touch on matchmaker services before I wrap. What about those? Those have been around for a very long time, and you can explore that if you want. It's your money. But those can get really, really expensive with no guarantee of good results. Now, some services help you with both the online part and in-person tailored to what you want to do because you're paying for a professional to go and give you help. But again, you might end up spending, spending a lot of money. Now, if you feel like you might benefit from some frank advice on how to improve what you are doing or saying or how you're behaving, then it might be worthwhile. Maybe you need to meet a matchmaker of either sex, right? It could be a man or a woman, but to get some feedback on maybe like your, your appearance, your dress, your approach, everything man and i'm hoping if you do show your money at that they are with a delicate touch but they they give you good actionable feedback and don't sugarcoat things they, they tell you what you may actually be doing wrong but the reason why i brought up matchmaking services here is mainly because i want to give you a warning since i've been doing the podcast and i wrote the book i've had a lot of interactions with matchmakers like active ones now who want to come on to the podcast or that kind of thing so i talked to quite a lot of them and I need to warn you, there's a lot of matchmakers out there that don't know a lot. They're well-intentioned, but and they want to make money, and they want to help you, but maybe they don't know enough to help you. Just so you know, there are no credentials you have to have before you can start calling yourself a professional matchmaker. If you decide to be a matchmaker today, you could just go stand up a website or get a phone number and hang out your shingle and call yourself a matchmaker right away. There is no license you got to have. There's no college degree or diploma you gotta have no certificate or anything like that you just gonna declare yourself a matchmaker and off you go so what that means is some people in that business the matchmaking field the matchmaking industry just kind of have their own dating and relationship experience to draw on they may not even have years of experience with hundreds of diverse clients like what you probably would prefer or expect it could just be a person who's had just a series of you know partners and maybe have been married, got divorced, what have you, and they feel like they've achieved some level of expertise and uh, want to go and share that with other people. And I think that's a that's a noble thing. It's a, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you can't expect that whatever matchmaker shows up in your Google search in your area is going to be a seasoned veteran expert. So please be careful and not assume every matchmaker is equally effective. Is my point. Finally, I want to talk about safety. No matter whether you're talking about in-person approaches or going from online to an in-person meeting, please don't lose your focus because of a pretty face. 
Again, please don't lose your focus because of a pretty face. You need to watch out for scammers. There's a lot of people always out there after your money. So don't give anyone money ever for any reason. If she talks about Cash App or Venmo or PayPal me some money or anything like that, make your exit and move on. That is a bad sign. It's a red flag for sure. Please be careful about where you are meeting in person. Make sure as best you can that you aren't being set up to be robbed or harmed. Make sure as best you can that you aren't being set up to be robbed or harmed. Some of the advice that works for the ladies about meeting in public where there's other people around, that's good advice. It's good for you too. Another point I want to make is I do feel the paid dating sites keep the riffraff out better, but I need to be honest with you and tell you, tell you that there is no science or data behind my claim. I base that statement, you know, saying that paid sites tend to have higher, I'm going to say higher quality people, but fewer criminals and problems. I base that thinking that more serious people will put up money every month on those places, just using common sense. But that doesn't mean that all the people on the paid sites are good or not smart scammers who are paying the monthly fee to kind of skirt around my rule about this. Now, as for the free services, there certainly are for sure plenty of good women in those, in those places, but your odds of encountering a scammer or another type of problem are higher on the free sites. Circling back to the point of this podcast to the theme of it, where do you go to meet women? The answer is, the takeaway is, the whole world. Both the real in-person world near you or where you travel, and if you're so inclined, also online. So you got the digital world covered, you got the physical world covered, all of that is fair game for you. With a few exceptions we listed off before about avoiding work and a few other specific cases. With online, you can cover a lot more ground, so to speak, than the normal guy can with just chance meetings in public or in social settings. How do you know that the right lady for you will happen to pop into the grocery store on the same timing that you used to go visit there or the gas station or the shopping mall? You just don't. So that's why I recommend if it's okay with you, if you feel comfortable with it, do both. Do in person and do online. All right, that is all I have for you this week. Let's get to work out there. Let's go.